Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And if you're here with us right now, actually, it is evening at the Material After Dark podcast. This is episode number 282, recorded in Howard Stern's downtown New York City studio. Actually, was he in New York City? I'm your host, Florence Ion. I am your other host, Andy Anatko. And yes, this is this is another After Dark edition. And I want you, if you're if you're a fellow member of the Gen X Star Wars generation, I want you to imagine a person in a Miami Vice sort of suit, only they're wearing a huge like plastic crescent moon like head mask with uh, Ray Ban sunglasses on. Uh, Mac at night with the remember there was a, there used to be a whole thing where the, McDonald's used to think at some point that oh. they need to convince us to like have hamburgers at 11 p.m. when at yep. 11 p.m. that's really all we're thinking of. Yep. That just came up on the Google search 1987 and I totally remember this because it was kind of like resurging and and pop culture through the early 90s uh wow and apparently the vaporwave has really brought him back <laughs> the whole vaporwave movement he's just you know um i like his style I, I like a crescent moon shaped head i like a crescent moon i feel like you could store a lot of stuff in that head also it would give you a certain amount of privacy that i kind of instinctively like okay i need to ask what is it with you gen xers and like having weird shaped heads like so much came out of that era. Uh, there was also the um, the the California raisins. Those were weird shaped heads. Technically, there mm. was the cone heads. It was a weird shaped head. Okay, well that, uh, that, that was the, that was the seventies. That, was, that wasn't our generation. That was a boomer sort of thing. Was it uh, really? Oh yes, no. That nineteen like the the cone heads. Uh, uh, was oh uh, there it something Dan predated it? I'm Curtin, just right. Dan Aykroyd was the seventies. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Indeed. I I'm probably gonna go down a wiki hole and look at this later because clearly I got some of my pop culture knowledge. Wrong. Also, if you want to go back even further, you could you could go back to Eddie Munster. Uh, excuse me, the the Munsters, Sherman Munster. Uh, I I did a Munsters. There you go. Yeah, you're. Right. I did a Munsters. Uh, we we watched it on Halloween because it's like super. You know, it's family. It's a family friendly show about a monster family. Um, and and they really try to do everything they can to to save money for their little boy to go to college. <laughs> it's like every episode is around getting money for the college fund. Um, See, they're they're monsters, but they're relatable. Yeah, they're they're also uh, under the crushing weight of capitalism, trying to just make it out here. As we as we are, <laughs> as it's... we are. Yeah, see, the, um, the, it's it's always yes. fun when you go back to like the, the 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 turbulent era of the '60s and social change, and you have all these like white, 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 whitey, white, super white like writers and actors and producers in this white, 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 super whitey, white uh, like primetime TV industry making more money than they ever thought they ever would, but also where that hi when we turn our our our. Uh, on, we're doing our I Dream of Genie on Channel Three, or uh, or Bewitched on Channel Five. But meanwhile, on Channel Seven, uh, people are being like blasted with hoses by police officers to secure the rights that they to claim the rights that they actually have, and they're feeling guilty about it. And so, all of a sudden, there'll be something where like Herman Munster, out of the blue, will give a really wonderful speech about how mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like what religion you are, where your background is, what skin tone, and all that matters is what's in your heart. And the episode of Bewitched, in which the 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 the, the, I, 
I've it was so long it was so long ago seen I was a little kid watching that in syndication but I can't remember what the name of the the daughter was on Bewitched but she used oh, her I bur- forget her too she she used her burging ma- magic powers to uh-huh. like swap like skin spots between her and her and her black uh, friend to hey, mommy and okay that's nice it's I mean it's it's nice you're making the effort it's, it's it wasn't it wasn't like uh, I'm sorry I'm on a tear but it's not like uh, the a time when I I was a little kid watching like 60s sitcom in syndication, and the first time that I watched a an episode of uh, of the Dick Van Dyke show, in which like they, there there's like sort of like a uh, he, uh, Dick Van Dyke is at his uh, his son's little son like ten year old son's like school thing, and there's a classroom full of kids. It's like that's the first I, I remember being like 10 years old and thinking that's the first time I've seen one of those, those shows in which there are black kids and white kids in the same classroom that is out there, man. And in, in the, in a good way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and only when, when you get older, do you realize that there, there must've been a really loud argument at some point yeah. between you you can't put like, this. what are you gonna do this for? Well, and you can imagine Carl Reiner saying, give me a reason for not having a balanced mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a balanced representation in this kid's classroom that doesn't come down to this network is totally racist. <laughs> if you can come up with one, I will listen to it. Otherwise. So I actually was not planning on bringing any of this to the table today, but I just feel like since we're here, why not? Um, because earlier today, I went on a little walk with the baby and I was just like listening in my ears um, to some content that folks have been consuming to sort of, you know, because because we are where we are in the world and uh, pop culture continues on, continues <laughs> on even beyond us. So one suggestion was that now admittedly i have never read death of a salesman i'm not entirely privy to the plot line but my understanding is that it's a, it would be a very interesting experiment for me to reapproach it or to approach it even since i'd never approached it in the first place <laughs> right now in the midst of the crumbling empire that is the world because of the economic <laughs> downfalls that have been brought on by the pandemic. Um, so it's possibly something that I might be indulging in this upcoming weekend because apparently I'm feeling scholarly. Hmm. Apparently I'm just feeling like uh, reading into an Arthur Miller film. It is It is a lovely movie and it's a very good play. Okay. It's, it's sad. I will... it's, it's heavy. It gets heavy. Well, but... I, I've been feeling really heavy, which is why... We should probably talk about something a little lighter for our catch-up and just go ahead and segue away from this. So last week, we told you that there was some evidence that Google might be planning to make their new Google TV dongle work with Nest Audio and Google Home speakers. We're talking about, like, watching something through the Google (laughs) – excuse me. Yeah, the Google TV – Wait, the Chromecast with Google TV. I forgot the name already. It's too long. That's that's just good marketing. After when after a month, technology professionals who do nothing but think about, talk about, and write about this still can't remember the full name of your thing. No. That's just good product marketing. No, and don't tell me it's just because it's late, okay? It's listen, <laughs> it's it's a convoluted name. Uh, but the Chromecast with Google TV, the idea that it would be able to sync up with like the Nest Audio, and then you could use that as the speaker for whatever you're watching. Um, so the Wall Street Journal actually 
actually did a roundup review of smart speakers last week. And amidst that coverage, there was a little gem from Google where they had confirmed the Nest audio speakers will have this ability coming soon. So finally, we'll be able to put all those freebie little Nest minis hanging out (laughs) uh, in a drawer back there behind me. And I can create my own little surround sound of sorts. (laughs) Yeah, it's I, I'm I'm putting like new shelving in my bedroom, and but before this announcement, I was thinking, well, I'm gonna st- these two Google Home Max speakers to the left and the right of my bedroom TV. It's almost like a mockery at this point. I'm just I'm just I'm just doing a Potemkin village only with like stereo TV sound speakers. I may as well live in the now, accept the reality, accept the things that I cannot change and not not put like shelving to the left and the right for these speakers. Now I think I do have to commit. I'm going to I'm going to invest in faith. I'm going to this is going to be a leap of positive thinking. I am going to install shelves to the left and the right of my TV. On in the hope that I will be able to use these as stereo speaker wow. output for Google Chromecast is, with Google TV. That streaming. is really manifesting. If I've if I've ever seen the term described, there it is, right there. That is manifesting it. I do have to say, and I've been talking a lot about this just in the ether in the last couple of months because I've been thinking a lot about it being stuck at home. I I really don't know about this wireless shift. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like it anymore. Uh, I'm really just feeling the need to to reach out and turn some dials yeah. and just really like get something tangible. I'm really just feeling the need to regress a little bit to, and maybe we shouldn't call it regressing. Maybe we shouldn't give it such a negative connotation. We should just say that like tethering ourselves back to to the things, man, yeah. will help us like ground us, man, instead of being up in the clouds. The tactile experience is a real thing. And we did now we did not prepare this. This is simply extemporaneous uh, riffing dialogue here. Mm-hmm. But of course, I have like I, I acquired like a like Sony professional Walkman. Yeah, which I I'm saw you. I up. saw you put that on Instagram. Yeah. And there's just I'm not it's not like I'm buying like all my music on cassette, but I've got like some of my old ones right and stuff like that so i'm listening so i'm listening to like some joe jackson like tapes. fancy walkman Andy. and there's that something is well really this is fancy this is the they actually built this as like not necessarily something you'd we walk around and listen to more like the sort of like to be like a portable stereo like tape recording deck for right. like journalists for radio journalists and stuff like this uh i can't get it oh there you go i have to unsnap the thing uh but yeah. So, but the I, I'm just I just find myself enjoying every now and then. Like there's a you press this button and I'm going to do the ASMR. Oops, I'm going to do this ASMR for you people here. That's the sound of the eje- the cassette being ejected, <laughs> and then you have to flip it over and put it back in, then close the lid and press this mechanical play button. And do you know how many vaporwave songs, like or whatever, like new synthwave songs, start out with that exact like ASMR of the cassette yeah. going in? There, there, very... there is there is something to it, and then we, when you look at like actual spindles, like 
rotating and LEDs that pulse up and down. Now, again, nostalgia <laughs> is one of these horrible, horrible things that I try to. I, I really do think that it's a trap for the mind. So I try not to be it to well, remember Andy, back when. I, so, I, so, but it's a, it's a nice place to visit to and just enjoy once again. Oh, I don't want to waste the battery, so I should probably stop the tape. But see, Andy, you know that like Urban Outfitters sells this stuff, right? Like this is it's like cool and ironic for uh, for the teens and the teens right now are Gen Z. And by the way, I'm I'm aged out of the youth demographic, so everybody <laughs> needs to stop talking about millennials. If you talk about us, you can talk about how crappy we are for the workforce because that's all we are now is we're just workhorses. Uh, <laughs> that's it. We don't play anymore. Um, we're just fully integrated into the system. So we're here with you. We're here with you <laughs> in the trenches. Uh, well, before 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 we go to our first ad, let me say, please don't please don't buy the crappy tape players from Urban Outfitters. If you go onto eBay, you no, can find... they have the actual tapes. Oh, the actual tapes. Like okay. they're selling because they were selling LPs, which was like cute, whatever. Because people were getting back into record players, but then I saw I started to see like CDs and tapes, and they're selling them for the exact same that they used to sell them back in the day when I would buy them. Yeah, and it, I just think that's ridiculous. I re- I really do. <laughs> no, I I agree with you again. Well, also because at least I can, at least I can pretend that I'm I'm an old, ancient, horrible, wrinkled up, frustrated, thrown out old man who wants to relive an era in which the world made sense and the music made sense. What's your excuse when you're you have your youth? You're like eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, and you're paying 16 17 dollars for like albums that are objectively speaking don't sound nearly as good as what you're already paying for on spotify they you can't jump around them as, as easily you got to keep feeding these things batteries again it's a fun place to visit just just like colonial williamsburg or plymouth plantation or you, windows 98 it, exactly <laughs> i forgot you've been living in you've been living with a toe in uh in, in the clinton area era for, <laughs> for the past couple of weeks <sighs> anyway let's take a quick break so i can Let get us. out of this era we can get back to where we're supposed to be meanwhile uh, that's good that's good because i probably should rewind this cassette so i can listen to it later this episode of material is brought to you by pingdom from solar winds today's internet users expect a fast web experience no matter how good your content or how effective your marketing they'll most likely bounce if your website is loading too slow. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they use, so you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations and deliver a great performance to those who matter most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. Get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. 
Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of the Material Podcast and Relay FM. All right, so while I read this next piece, I just want everybody to understand that the way Andy and I are doing the podcast tonight is um, I don't want the light in my face, so I have like this whole <laughs> shadow situation with like a dark background, so I just want you all to imagine. Andy's I wouldn't a- call your background dark what what, what color not, would uh, we describe there you go it's pink it's supposed to be pink does it look pink on your end it's very it's very barbie dream podcast studio yeah i mean that is At basically night. what's it's adorable what slowly this room is turning into so we're <laughs> by the way just again off topic i ordered a poly pocket i'll talk all about that <laughs> next week if you it's for another day well anyway, now, now speaking... i don't know what to get you for christmas thank you very much yeah <laughs> So speaking of money and, you know, the most spendy holiday coming up, um, there was actually a Google Pay event-ish today, which I did not tune into. I knew it was happening, but I have a baby um, so, and, and no child care. So I was with her while this whole thing was happening. But thankfully, uh, plenty of other places just summarized what is going on, which is basically that Google is attempting to dip dip a toe into this world that I would say has really been inhabited by Venmo and Cash App. And what Google announced with Google Pay today for both Android and iOS users, um, I think is very much going to compete with sort of those services that people are already really into. So there's some new twists coming to the Google Pay app. If you haven't updated it already, I updated mine right before we did this podcast. Um, so, But I'm going to have Andy talk about his experience after we kind of go through some of the bullet points. So most important thing to know is the new Google Pay app is about people. So those of you who use Venmo, you might know that like when you log in there, the first thing you see is, oh, this is what so-and-so's, you know, cute emoji between this person and that person. Wait, why is there a cute emoji between those two people? What were they doing without me? That was my thought process. Why did they respond to my message that, hey, look, you still owe me $600 for your part of the rent. Don't give me a damn emoji. Give me $600 damn dollars. (laughs) The thing is, I have seen stuff like that play out on the Venmo app, which is disconcerting, but that's neither here nor there. Google Pay is going for something like that. So the idea is you could send a request to a friend, hey, you owe me 20 bucks for this thing, um, or you could pay a business directly this way. And uh, it it really is... Okay, I don't want to. I don't want to get super into the experiential stuff, but I I do want to say that it is a different experience than what you had before with Google Pay. Yeah. So instead of logging in and immediately seeing the card that you're going to use at the grocery store, you see a search box, which is the whole point of Google. And the next little tidbit that I am going to bring to this, which is a new insights feature. So that analyzes your transactions. It highlights any trends that it's been spotted and that it, it's been <laughs> any trends the AI spotted. And of course, you can search uh, your purchase history. So I don't know. I just decided let's do a live demo. Maybe. Okay. Possibly. How easy would it be for you to send me, say, eight hundred dollars? Uh, there's no way I have absolutely oh. <laughs> no money I, to send you. But I, I wonder I don't, if I... I don't either, because I made, as we'll find out later on, I made a lot of purchases today, so that's why I was trying to trick you to sending me eight hundred dollars. Mm. Well, 
actually, I decided I don't want to go through this because A, I have no friends, <laughs> but I do have a lot I'm of businesses. Friend. Yes, you are, but I actually don't have your phone number, so you won't come up in oh. here. As far as I can that. tell. As far as I can tell, yeah, it pulls in from your yeah. contacts. Um, now, very, very social-centric, a very different situation from Google Pay before. Uh, and it is, you know, um, it is going to be something that you might find yourself using when you consider that the search function has OCR. So you could go and look through receipts if you take pictures uh, and put them, you know, file them to your camera roll. You can grant Google Pay permission to basically analyze everything that you're spending money on and where your money is going. And that's it. There you go. You paid for food. You paid for parking. And Google yeah. knows. It's yeah. See, this is we we keep saying that oftentimes, like the best parts of Google are when it leverages its creepiness uh, and makes it actually useful for you. And part of it is in Google Pay in the sense that the more uh, access to information you give it, as usual, the more cool things it can do for you. So. Whereas we're sort of used to Google Pay being mostly a tap to pay and a tap to pay app and a way to send money to other people who somehow already have Google Pay but don't have Venmo and don't have any of the other apps they usually have. This is more of like a, a centralized dashboard on all of your accounts. And like you said, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that it does bring search to all of your transactions. So um, on my uh, on the on the banking app that my bank gives me on my phone i can scroll through and it will just give me like a spreadsheet like right. list of transactions on my credit card my debit card whereas they i think there's an understanding in this new google pay that that's not really how people are going to want to go through their information so it's uh, so you can it kind of struck me as being a lot like google photos where you don't have to organize anything but when you want to know oh uh, God, I need to get a. I need to get that picture of uh, my neighbor's dog when we went to like that lake, and you can do a search for dogs near lake, and it will simply find you. It will now, but it will find you a picture of all the dogs near lake photos you have, and so the same thing happens in Google Pay, where you can say, "Oh, how much? God, how much did I spend on on food this month?" And you could simply do a search for food this month, and so it will go through all of your transactions again. If you've linked your accounts to it, not just the. Uh, credit or debit card that you've linked to Google Pay, but you can also link your other accounts to it. It will look through all of your transactions for uh, business uh, transactions you've made with restaurants, trans transactions you've made with like McDonald's, transactions you've made with grocery stores, and it will give you like a sum a summary of all these transactions and plus a total of all the all the money you've spent through November 1st through the 18th on anything that's related to food. And that is that's the thing that's sort of been missing from like my financial apps, so to speak. Uh, and also, like like you said, it's kind of, again, creepy cool that it will not only get stuff from your digital accounts, but if, you, if you're the sort of person who takes pictures of, of receipts, uh, so if you give me access to your camera roll, it will say, oh, that looks like Google Photos tells me that this looks, this is probably a receipt. And then it will OCR it and then it'll find, so it'll then add that receipt to its search results and add the receipts to all the other data that's monitoring for you. This could be cool. It will definitely be creepy, but it could be creepy and cool. 
There is also going to be special offers from outside companies. So maybe you're used to this, you know, if you use a coupon app, this is like a thing that they do, right? Like we'll give you cash back if you do this thing. Uh, some banking apps do this. My bank does this. Um, this in Google Pay, for instance, REI could throw like $10 to you if you purchase, you know, something for $50 or more and then uh, offer the card in the Google Pay app so that when you go to the store uh, or I guess you can just you could just tap on the checkbox, accept it. And then, yeah, when you go to the store or online yeah. using credit or debit linked to Google Pay, the offer will be applied. Yeah. So, so you don't necessarily have to pay with Google Pay. Even if it, whatever credit card you've linked to Google Pay, it will just simply, if you're just in a store, you've forgotten all about this $10 credit, but then you bought that $80 sleeping bag. And then you're like, Shh, honey, don't tell them that they forgot to charge us full price. And then at some point, oh, that's right. We didn't actually get away with anything. I actually just sort of opted. <laughs> it into receiving offers on Google Pay, and that's how that happened. But still, I got ten dollars. Yay! Wait, hold on, hold on, because there's more. There's more to this. So Google is partnering with banks and credit unions, and now this was the thing that people were really rumbling about uh, to help them deliver a new Google Pay powered banking product in 2021 called Plex by Google Pay. <laughs> now that, can, can we just say that's so not going to be confusing at all? The, confusing. the fact that there's already something called a Google Plex <laughs> uh, that the Look, that the mothership of Google is often called the Google Plex. There's also a really popular streaming, like local media app called Plex that I that use. Andy and Flo both rely yeah. on. So that's fine. It's it's another yeah. it's another trick to say. Just like now we have to say Chromecast with Google TV. Now we have to say Plex by Google Pay. They don't care as long as we say the name of the company. Mm-hmm. I feel used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you, my daughter is Mona by Florence. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, anyway. Sounds like a, uh, you, make, you make her sound like a fragrance. <laughs> well, Mona, it's, it's the new it's, fragrance by Florence Isle. Yeah. Uh, anyway. When I walk <laughs> along the beach, I'm not looking to make attention, but somehow I get it anyway. Um, now, Google promises that the company won't exploit its access to your financial data. It actually insists that none of your personal information it sees through Google Pay will be used to target ads to you, used by other Google apps and services, or sold. So overall, we can safely say that Google has turned Google Pay into a platform where it can continue to try and do some sort of consumer magic that it's been <laughs> attempting to do for years. Uh, you know, I for me, it doesn't change anything for me because I use Google Pay. If you look at my transactions now, you'll see I have a very healthy list of places that hold on. I have to unlock it. That's the other thing is when you log in, you have to if you have fingerprint unlock, you have to unlock it every Indeed. time. Um, but already I have all my transactions. It even has the copay I gave my dermatologist a few weeks ago. Um, look, I bought some ice cream a couple times ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, See, there there are a lot of things I like about Google Pay. One of them is that it does it does turn the focus from that spreadsheet like list that I get from my bank either through the app or through a statement to here are your relationships 
And it was, I have to admit that it was kind of cool the first, after I launched the app for the first time that it was present, it doesn't present me with the usual like tabbed dollar and amounts and decimals and whatever. It's showing me here are the, here are like the six or seven or eight businesses that I use all the time uh, with tap to pay. So like the, 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 the takeout place next door, the pharmacy down the street, uh, the bagel place down the street. And just be able to tap each of them and immediately see, here's how much money you're spending. <laughs> you, th- you think that you're only just getting the odd sandwich or two, but here's how much you're spending on that. It's uh, it's it, it succeeds in the sense that it's an app that now I kind of want to use and keep using just to see at which point it's going to fail. Or if it actually succeeds at making me making it easier for me to be aware of where my money is going. We, we did skip, we, we forgot to talk, we forgot to explain Plex by Google Pay. This is the, and people are a little bit up in arms about it a little bit. Now, you know that you might've heard that when Apple came out with their Apple credit card, they are partnered with uh, a uh, not shady financial group, but it's, it's a set. It's, it's, it's offered by the credit card forgot. is offered I by completely forgot about the Apple card, but yes, yeah. the Apple card, but it's, but it's, you're, you're getting a credit card that has mm-hmm. operated through a big financial institution. Google is not, doing that sort of thing there were rumors that they were going to offer like their own checking accounts and stuff like that but uh, people only got like maybe one third of that story what they're doing is that they're partnering with a whole bunch of banks and credit unions in the united states uh including city one of the 11 that were announced uh, today uh, in 2021 when you sign up for a banking account uh, through some of these uh, these participating banks, you can get an account that is called a, a Plex by Google Pay account, which is a standard like checking account or savings account. But it uses instead of getting the dorky, <laughs> they paid some kid to do this really bad app uh, for doing transfers and balances and, and and alerts and stuff like that. You're using Google Pay as the interface to your account, so you're getting all the power of Google Pay. Um, I was a little bit confused with the, the there was a half hour like you know uh, live to video sort of uh, rollout this morning and a whole bunch of interviews that they gave with certain people who are not me uh, and I, hmm. I was a little bit confused about whether the financial planning features that are very very clearly part of Plex by Google Pay such as setting savings targets uh, more alerts about here here's, here are little nudges uh, kind of like how the Apple Watch will nudge you to move or nudge you to close your fitness rings. Uh, It indicated that there's going to be these kinds of features for Google Pay or Plex by Google Pay. uh, But I'm not sure if that will work if you're just linking your credit card, just linking a bank account to it. So there's still a bunch of confusion here, but there's a lot of interesting stuff. And once again, I feel better about it that it's I can sign up with a participating bank that I choose to sign up with. I don't have to, if I were signing up for an Apple credit card, if I don't like the company that the the banking institution that's backing this card, well, then I can't get the Apple card. So it's as usual, Google's, Google's, uh, uh, investment here is to we don't ca- we don't have allegiances we just want your data we just want you interacting with our servers <laughs> and we don't, and if if whether you do it through like a very very small credit union or the biggest most evil banking institution in the world doesn't matter to us just please connect to our servers from time to time and show us that you love us I am particularly dubious about the whole food ordering situation because um, where I live in particular, I um, am surrounded by two bridges on either side. Uh, So a lot of places will not want to cross the bridge to get here. But oftentimes when I look at 
delivery services, it'll say, like, do you want something from this, you know, next city over, which really isn't a big deal. But nobody, you know, seven, six, seven dollar bridge toll is tip for a lot of people. So, (laughs) yeah, that being said, um, I again, I'm dubious about ordering through this. Like, I don't think I will change the way that I do things. Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants is this Burmese, uh, family-owned Burmese place. And they have, they've gotten quite popular. They have a couple of locations, actually, which we're very proud of them. Um, and they're like, why would I use this app when I could just call the woman that I know who works at the location mm-hmm. literally down the street from my house and well you it, know it, it is a, it's an interesting part of the app it it really does sort of like bold face the idea that google wants to turn google pay from this app that you use for tap to pay and to organize your reward cards to like an actual sort of hub a concierge to everything that you do that involves money through your phone yeah uh, but we, they, didn't, we didn't we didn't mention they, that one, one of the features of yeah. it is like a whole section where you can it's it's hard to really explain what it is but you can do things like uh order there's a button for order food and if you order food it look it locates you on a map and gives you a list of restaurants that are nearby that the but it gives you services that they use so it says postmates or doordash or you could just like it gave me benihana there's a benihana 10 minutes away yes it's across the bridge again um the other the other thing was that so i've i was like oh wow you know what? I, I didn't realize that there's that Chipotle. Uh, wow, they're like 20 miles away, but they deliver. That's great. They, they deliver to my area. That's great. And so I go, I do the entire order that it says, oh, uh, I'm sorry. They don't deliver to your address. Right. Like you could have said that when I was, when you're listing places for pickup and for delivery that I asked you for. That's the problem. It feels like these services are not at all integrated as it is. And so for Google to think that there is, that it's going to be, you know, the just the catch-all of all these things, it feels like that's not a possibility because these these services are all in competition with each yeah. other. Why would Google be the uh, unifier? Why would, you know, it just business-wise, I don't know if it works. There's one area that kind of did like tickle me a little bit. Um, there, they, there are only like three of these like buy things through the app features. Uh, one of them, the other, uh, the other one of them is uh, buying gas. Where we'll show you, we'll show, oh, here's a nearby gas station. Yeah, that takes like takes Google Pay. But the other Let's one see. was in about 400 cities. You can pay for parking using uh, Google Pay. Yes, and that that sort of thing really did interest me because my phone is polluted with a couple of dozen apps back in the days when I used to travel from city to city as one did back in the day that, Oh, but, Oh, I'm sorry. You, you want to take uh, you want to take New Jersey uh, rail transit. You need to download the New Jersey rail transit app and buy a ticket. Oh, well, but I to, before I do that, I have to go from my house to South station. So I have to use the MBTA commuter rail, like e-ticket app. And if Google and with, with all those things, Maybe at a time when I have to, st- when the, my train is going to leave in six minutes, if I don't have, if I haven't bought a ticket yet, I have to find, not only find the app, make sure it's the right app and not a scam app, install it, do everything that has to be done to connect it up and make sure it's working. It would be lovely if by location, it sense that uh, there is a, uh, that there is, here is a, you're covered by the MBTA uh, commuter rail map. Do you want to buy a ticket on MBTA commuter rail? Just press this button. By the way, you're already, obviously you're already connected to your bank account. So we can deduct the $8 from your, from your account and give you the ticket in this app. 
anything to make me avoid having to keep downloading all these kind of sketchy looking and intern crank this out in two days after just downloading a framework that got on the dark web sort of apps. I am, it kind of bothers me that there isn't a sort of a coherent story about what that section of buttons is for. Uh, but it's, it's an interesting start. I'm kind of keen to see how it develops at, at any well, rate. At any rate, I was able to buy my pay for my cheeseburger uh, at 6 p.m. with this new app. So I haven't lost anything. So I'm good. Well, I'm going to really, oh, now I got to tell you, these offers are very much like the, like if you download those coupon apps, like Ibotta, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, the offers in the Google Pay app look very familiar. For instance, Gap, cash, cash back when you pay online. Um, I don't know. I might, I might have to see if I could do some Christmas shopping this way. Um, but listen, this isn't going to change how I pay for my hair or how I pay for anything else that I've been paying for already through things like Venmo. Yeah. So I, I, it's it feels kind of late uh, for Google to be pushing this. I feel like when they had Google Wallet, that was sort of the time when that would have been a little more, would have made a little more sense, especially because back then Apple was doing, I forgot what it's called, the one that Apple has, Passbook. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Passbook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess we'll see. Yeah, well, there you got to real you got to realize too that there uh, there are a lot of people that have never older people that have never used Venmo that don't That's know true. about these apps. And if you show them, I, I think there are a lot of people who haven't really gotten into Tap to Pay until this was just a built in feature of their phone. And well, they know what Apple is; they trust Apple. So if Apple says that this works, it'll work. Same thing. Well, with and everybody Google calls Pay. it Apple Pay. So yeah, it's true. like, do you t- hey, do you guys take NFC? And then they always say, you mean Apple Pay? It's like, uh, Tim. No, I, no, I actually mean contactless payment. But yeah, I, actually, <laughs> I mean near field communication, <laughs> lady. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite is when they go, the Samsung phones always work, and it's like, <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you, it's because the Samsung ones use magnets. Um, anyway, it also, is what it is. They also work for identity thieves. <laughs> that's why them so popular. Uh, so that's Google Pay. Um, another, I, I want to just quickly segue to another little piece of update news today before we go to a quick break. Uh, Google Fit. You guys remember that? Might have forgotten about it. Holy cats. Because Wear OS hasn't really been doing much. But it did receive an update. Uh, I logged in today into it, but... I fail to be uh, the Samsung health app started actually uh, tracking menstrual periods, which I really appreciate. So I've just been, I continue to use a Samsung health app uh, also because it just syncs with everything Strava and Google fit, just in case anybody's wondering. Anyway, Google fit it now, uh, now works. Yeah, they, sorry. It, I just I feels, started to scan. That's okay. Just... <laughs> it it feels like they're they're starting to prepare the runway for with if hopefully their Fitbit merger goes through oh, and they yeah. can start A like Wear integrating launch. Yeah, to to something that people would actually want to use and it's actually relevant for how people use wearables these yeah. days. New so, new bedtime tools, new sleep tracking features. Uh, it now works with third party sleep tracking apps and devices to kind of help you achieve your sleep goals. You know, <laughs> um, it, and if sleeping is just all you want to do, just stop 
stop tracking it and just <laughs> just make yourself a nice dark room to sleep. Uh, Google Fit for Wear OS is uh, it's also been retooled, so it kind of looks and functions a little more like a fitness tracker rather than just this app from Google. There's more workout data on the screen, including cardio targets and pace alerts. And Wear OS, if you're still using it, has new shortcuts for starting favorite kinds of workouts. Now, that is a feature that I absolutely love on my Galaxy Active. Um, I have a little bookmark here. It's, I have one for yoga and for hiking and for walking uh and and if i want to like sit against the wall there's one for that too so no I, seriously which i, I, I appreciate wear that watch. If, I, if i get points for sitting against the wall i could close them rings well, like by, by 11 a.m sitting like when you do the sitting thing and then you have to like hold yourself oh, up and it's like really okay. hard and it's like apparently good for your thighs stupid whatever. exercise people they're, they're even they're even ruining singing against a wall for me uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, you can blame it on CrossFit. So uh, you can also now share your workout data on social media, which I imagine has been brought to life because of popularity of apps like Strava. And also the Apple Watch, their health app is, God, I, I get so jealous at Apple Watch users and they just cheer each other on. Yeah. Just cheer each other on. I want somebody to cheer me on. <laughs> I have Go like seven Dave. friends. I have seven friends on Strava and I actually don't know who half of them are. <laughs> they just added me. And I and I really appreciate those of you who added me who might be listening to this podcast uh, because they are also the people that cheer me on. They give me – you can give kudos to people when they do a workout. So I always appreciate that. Be, you could be very – I could be very popular on these services if like part of my profile said – privately in a very polite and loving way by the way this guy he's kind of a lump he rarely is on the bike and when he does he doesn't really push himself so if you need like the pleasure of seeing oh well there is at least one person in my friends list on strava that i'm actually outperforming andy and Otko, he's your that's guy. but that's me because i'm just doing neighborhood walks <laughs> with the stroller <laughs> so it's i have been trying to push her up the really big hill though because she's Ooh. like She's she's up in the 20 pound range now. And so now I'm pushing like, you know, nearly 40, 40 pounds up a hill. But anyway, if she were um, if she were a turkey, you'd have to remove the middle rack to get her into the oven. I'm not suggesting you should do that, but that's did, whenever did you, I, have, did you have to make me imagine my baby going into the okay, oven? You're right. Did, I didn't did have you have to. to give me a Hansel and Gretel moment? I, I did say <laughs> if she were a turkey, which she clearly is not because she's an adorable person. Right, right, right. Right. Anyway, uh, to round out this piece of news, new breathe feature. So if you want to try that, that's also on the Apple Watch and on the Samsung Watch. Um, that's it. That's 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 the news. That's, new that's Google the end, Fit that's the and end new of the Google Pay. Vamp report, or uh, where Chrome revamps things. And in both cases, largely because wow, Apple has some sort of a success with their own like Apple Pay thing, and they're actually having success with their own fitness watch thing. Maybe we should vamp ours. Maybe it's a lack of vamping that is contributing to our sense of doom and failure. Sure. Yeah. <sighs> Just. Looking at all this sleep data. Anyway. <laughs> all right, folks, let's take a break. We'll take a break. We have we have one actually one more piece of vamp news, but we'll take a break before we get mm-hmm. to it. This episode of Material is brought to you by our friends at Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, 
You deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allow you to take your project to the next level. You can simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux virtual machines, helping you develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Quite frankly, anything that could make your workflow faster and easier is worth checking out. Linode has 11 global data centers and provides 24-7 human support 365 days a year, so you never have to be stuck without support. Night or day, holiday or not, Linode are there with no tiers or handoffs, regardless of your plan size. And you can check it out for free. Get started right now on Linode today with $100 in free credit for listeners of Material by going to linode.com material. In addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 credit on S3-compatible object storage, manage Kubernetes, and more. So head to linode.com material and click on the Create Free Account button to get started. Go there now. Check it out. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Hey, everybody. Did you hear about Chrome? It's getting faster again. <laughs> um, and you might be asking yourself, what do you mean it's getting faster? It's a, it's a huge resource hog to which I say you are absolutely correct. And this <laughs> is why journalists use Chrome to test laptops for ages because it is the ultimate laptop killer. <laughs> Yes, all the all the reviews of the new uh, like uh, Apple Silicon powered uh, MacBooks this week are all about. Gee, we we need a way to make sure that the fans spin up so we can tell. Ooh, I know. Let's open Chrome and open more than eight tabs. <laughs> That'll get the fans spinning up. Side note: I really feel like a sucker for like planning a PC build this week because everybody's talking about this new chip. And well, <laughs> anyway, that's not this podcast. That's another podcast. Yes. Um, I think Andy is actually on one of those podcasts. If you want to check, it I out. am on a couple of those podcasts. Yes, <laughs> I'm also on public radio tomorrow <laughs> about that. <laughs> okay, see, perfect, uh, perfect chance for Andy to drop a little plug. Uh, but yes, so Chrome. M87 release is coming, and uh, apparently Google thinks it's going to reduce CPU usage by up to five times and help increase battery life by as much as one, nearly one and a half hours. Um, But again, it's all relative, what we're talking about here, because I got to tell you folks, uh, let me tell you folks, I've been reviewing some really underpowered laptops lately for a client of mine, and they got some really bad battery life. Also, it's it's weird that Google is kind of boasting about this. They, this wasn't just like in some sort of developer channel. They actually had a whole blog post about, hey, well, we've mm-hmm. totally revamped Chrome to make it faster. Like the they're saying, notes. it's it's almost as if they're saying, that, hey, we can reduce CPU usage by almost five times and increase battery life by as much as like an hour and a quarter. And like, and they say, well, that's great, wonderful, hooray! And then second later, you're like, but it was. Your app's inefficiency and stupidity that have been stealing that hour and a quarter from us all this time. And now we're supposed to be grateful to uh, whatever, whatever. Thank you for giving back some of what you've stolen, some of the life that you've stolen from us Mm. over the 10 something year history of Chrome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Google, again, as Andy said, they outlined the changes in a blog post. So M87, it's apparently M87. It's just like it sounds like the 87th installment of the most popular Scientology franchise, Mission Impossible. 
It should right? also, given given Google nomenclature, it should be M87 with Google Chromium browser engine technology. Brought to you by Google TV. <laughs> A division uh, of Alphabet. <laughs> so apparently M87 is much more aggressive at preventing JavaScript code from running inside tabs that you're not using. Uh, and by doing this, it keeps it from wasting CPU time and power. It also puts heavy limits on how often that background code can wake itself up. So under Chrome M87, it can't wake up more than once per minute. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Which still sounds like a lot, but like, yeah, let's, that's focus why on, I said, let's focus like, on improvements here. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I said I was like, okay, how is is, is that? Re- okay, but still doing yeah. it per 60 seconds. Okay, I guess it's better than every second yeah. of that 60 seconds. <laughs> Uh, they also packed a couple other features in there, too, including a new way to control certain Chrome features. So Chrome Actions, quote unquote, are commands that you can enter in the address bar, just as you would enter the, you know, the uh, example Andy provided last week where you just type in stopwatch and it'll give you a little stopwatch in there. Uh, but here you could type in delete browser history or translate this page and voila, what I'm assuming is actually an assistant backend that's like doing this magic, just because I imagine everything is the assistant now. Uh, it'll do that for you in the Chrome browser, and there'll be more actions coming soon. So, very if if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you're part of this ecosystem, you know exactly what we're talking about here. So it sounds, uh, it sounds also, interesting. There there are a lot of like yeah. features that I know that they're somewhere it's in the menu friendly. structure, but I don't know where. Yeah, so. It's it's c- completely user friendly. Uh, there's going to be a couple other features too, including. Sorry, I lost my place. Um, a new tool for navigating around all the tabs in your windows. So a new tab navigation button will open a searchable drop down list of everything you've got open. Much easier than just clicking each tab yep. to see what website it is. Um, and then accidentally cro- closing a tab you didn't mean to. Yeah. I, I I try to be a good boy when it comes to like not opening too many of these things, but they're on my on my Chromebook right now. I'm on my Mac right now, but on my Chromebook, like over in the living room, I've got one project going where it can't even show me the website mini icons anymore, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. Yikes, that's, Andy! That's, that's not how disciplined I like. That's not how disciplined I aspire to be. I will, I will say that it's okay. It's very hard to be disciplined when you when you're on a creative track. It's hard. I am an imperfect v- vessel to hold the perfection of the universe. I keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be seeing some cards coming through. So a card will populate with the last states and uh, of specific kinds of online research. So if you're looking for meal planning or travel planning, then Chrome will kind of help you pick up where you left off. Uh, now, that's that one's kind of a little vague. I'm even struggling to figure out how to explain yeah. it to you. Uh, there's really no question. There's no answer to when it's going to actually arrive in Chrome. But Google claims that users have been requesting something like this. So it's coming. <laughs> something like this that we can't even quite describe to you. Yeah. They, they, they've they were asking me to do a lot of emotional heavy lifting with this blog post. Number one, thank you very very much for stopping stealing battery life and time from my life. And also, here is a feature that we don't have yet and we can't adequately explain. But lots of people have been asking us for exactly this feature, so you're welcome. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, 
my, my, my mom, if she's looking down from heaven and watching me, would be proud that I would say thank you, because in context, it seems like the sort of sequence of sounds that another human being makes with their mouth that requires you to say thank you, but I'm um, okay. Uh, all right. Google also said that a new version of Chrome that runs natively on Apple's new M1 CPU will also has also been released. So, Andy, I know this is something you're look, looking forward to. I saw the tweet where you talked about ordering a new MacBook, to which I asked you, Andy, did you spend your Olympus money on this? <laughs> not that I am policing you or how no. you are spending your money. Because I'm not that kind of friend, but I we, am curious. We should we should tell people that uh, you asked this question before the new version of Google Pay came out. Well, now, I, when I did not have an app that would be monitoring and giving me alerts like that, when you, you rely on friends in this pre-Google Pay 2.0 sort of mm-hmm. reality. Yeah, it's uh, it's this is this is not the Apple podcast. This is the Google podcast. Uh, so I'll say it was a bit. It was uh, a. Big, it's these uh, Apple's new uh, Macs with their own custom system on a chips uh, for CPUs instead of Intel CPUs. Uh, people, they've been in the hands of like people, reviewers under NDA for the past week. NDA broke around Tuesday. So now we're seeing our first like benchmark reports on how fast this thing is. And all reports are like, it's so fast. It's so fast. Oh my God, it's so fast. So, and, uh, but it, to get the super super duper fast performance it really does need to have a, an app that's been rebuilt for this uh, custom silicon uh, and it's not difficult but there was it's possible that in a large organization such as google either a someone might be petulant and say well i know that all i have to do is click this button in xcode and click recompile but you know what i've i've got a burrito that's rotating in the microwave that i really need to keep an eye on but i promise i'm going to get right on that mr uh, <laughs> they, they are they are withholding so it's a good good idea that they're running this thing uh, natively cuz if we're well, you're probably going to get much better performance increases running on a brand new revolutionary silicon than anything they could do by re, re- revitalizing the code uh, for everybody else the but the google related news is that that i kind of wanted a postscript here is that another feature of this new apple silicon running these new macs is that it can also run standard ios and ipad uh, apps so theoretically you could uh download the ios version of like google docs or the ios version of google maps and just run that as just a straightforward app on the desktop unless uh, apple allowed developers to take another checkbox in their in their code uh, or in, in their uh, their their app store listing that tells the app store no don't don't we we don't want our nice pretty ios ipad app to be running on a desktop mac what do you take us for and so uh, google has opted out along with facebook along with this you can't get instagram you can't get a whole bunch of other apps so eh, who cares but it's kind of interesting i think that most of it is part of it could be that a lot of these apps kind of look ugly when you're running them on the desktop now according to people who unlike me who got early hardware but also it's possible that uh, <laughs> that Google is smart enough to know that we would really much rather you run Google Maps through a web browser so that we don't have to conform to all of these Apple rules about privacy and information about you and your habits that we're not allowed to scrape from you. 
Oh my gosh. I just can't believe we're sitting here talking about new new silicone. Like that was kind of like the big news that really hit this week, which is why it was inevitable that we would talk about this even on this Google podcast. Uh, but we're still just sitting here and talking about how much of a resource hog Chrome is. So yeah. the TLDR of this entire block is that it really doesn't matter what we just told you because everybody will continue to know Chrome as as just this 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 giant pig with a yeah. really curly tail who just cannot you just got to give him so much of that slop he wants so much slop he's yeah. not going to stop asking and whining for it it's it's the chrome is the marlon brando of web browsers maybe the marlon brando you'll of see, apps where if you, exactly people people know him like as you the mess with my tabs and i'll mess with your silicone <laughs> I'm not a web browser. You're a grocery clerk. Come to collect on a cash debt. Anyway, so but so you see you 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 see him from like the later days when he bought his own island and he just went to the island and to be fair, decided to he's going to enjoy the rest of his life because he has been a legendary, wonderful actor and he has lots of money and he can afford to do this. But people don't like see him from like a streetcar named Desire. They don't know that, wow, he was like lean and sexy and sultry years ago. But his brand now is like the old sort of vague guy uh, walking along in the moo. It would be it would be it would be disorienting Nothing at best if we moo-moo. learned that Google that that Chrome had turned into a competent browser that doesn't like kill your system resources. As as a matter of fact, I think most of the uh, I think I mentioned I think I alluded to this earlier where part of it was these new CPUs are so fast we got to find something that will like stress them to the limit and so much so that like the cooling fans will come on and almost everybody's individual solution was I know let's open chrome and open like lots and lots of tabs and sure enough so it's 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 the brand it's what you expect from it it's you know it's it's like Paul McCartney Charging you 150 bucks for the arena concert and not doing any 150 stuff. is the nosebleed seats. Come on, Andy. You know it's like 600. Yeah, it's very expensive. Tried, he always plays in those giant play. stadiums. They're very expensive. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if, if even that, that is that is the ultimate question. It's like, okay, but we're down to exactly two Beatles, and it's it's this one who oh, wrote half of the songs, and R- Ringo is wonderful. But like at some point, if you know, there's a there's, reason there, he, there he's a punchline in The Simpsons. I I know. No, I know. no, no. I I would love to. <laughs> I would love to see a Ringo Starr concert. However, if uh, if if uh, there's no way to say this, that maybe I'm being a jerk. But I'm what I'm saying is that I can at least uh, that's the if there's one musician that you are you'd really really kind of be kind of desperate to see it might be well there used to be four beatles there are now two beatles only one of them is doing huge arena concerts and is touring like on this level so maybe right. you maybe okay. you do want to spend six hundred dollars on this ticket yes. that was a very good diplomatic way to put because remember andy pretty soon they're going to have search engines for a podcast and then everything we've yep. said is going to come back to haunt us uh and on that note let's take a quick break <laughs> And then we will lead you out in something a little lighter. Yes. Maybe. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Hotjar. Do you have a website? Do you put time and energy into getting that website live? Do you want that hard work to go to waste by not knowing what your visitors are doing when they visit your site? 
Of course not. You know that each visit to your site is an opportunity to gather important data to help you convert more visitors into customers. But you might not know that you can unlock that data with Hotjar. Hotjar is a behavior analytics and user feedback service that helps you understand the behavior of your website users and get their feedback through heat maps, session recordings, and surveys, which helps take all the guesswork out of how visitors use your site, making it easier to convert visitors into customers. And now here's the section that where they're asking me for my personal thoughts, uh, my experience in building and running a website. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just not cut out for this sort of thing. I, I'm a content creator. Uh, I, I enjoy the I enjoy scripting. I enjoy writing PHP. I enjoy occasionally div- diving into JavaScript. I don't enjoy CSS at all because I'm really not into like pain, mental, physical, existential. That sort of stuff that you feel as though your soul is like rubbing against like a like a carpet over and over and over again, and the static is about to give you a big big zap that will go back through previous lifetimes, just giving you that feeling. That's what it's like to deal with CSS. Now I know that Hotjar has nothing to do with CSS, but what I'm talking about is that there's stuff about running a website that. You'll, you enjoy getting your hands dirty with there's stuff that you feel a calling for. For me, it's writing stuff for my website and posting, making photos and, and images and stuff like that. Then there's the stuff that I don't know what, how to do this stuff. I don't want to learn how to do this sort of stuff. Frankly, there are people that are fascinated by this sort of stuff that do this sort of stuff really, really well. And I feel as though I can get that sort of stuff done personally. My, my personal feeling of accomplishment is by doing jobs that make me money so I can pay those incredibly knowledgeable and talented people to do those jobs for me. And so that's what it's like when you decide to out farm, uh, <laughs> something like, uh, something like uh, analytics, some, something like what are people doing on my site and how can I better deliver to them the things that they're, they, they hope to come to my site in order to find, I would much rather pay somebody to to give me that kind of functionality, particularly if there's a nice, friendly little interface so I can enjoy my diet, Dr. Pepper, and just like look at look at nice little web content that explains to me things I would not ever be able to figure out uh, on my own. Uh, so that that's basically my feelings about this sort of stuff. Don't be a hero. <laughs> there's uh, I I was a hero on my WordPress site for a long, long time. I did develop my first CMS pre-WordPress just on my own because there was no such thing as a WordPress. I feel as though I've done my due diligence in proving that I know how this technology works and that I could make it work had I the slightest scrap of interest in it. I don't. I just want to post stuff to the blog. I just want to post pictures. That's why I'm going to buy services <laughs> like Hotjar, services like the people who will uh, – the plugin that will manage my CSS for me, that sort of thing. Don't be a hero. Get results. I'm, I'm, I'm going for it is what I'm trying to advise. And now we, now we return you to our regularly scheduled ad read. You can learn more now at Hotjar.com. And if you want to try Hotjar Business right now for free for 90 days – three whole months with no credit card required, just click the link in the show notes for this episode. See how visitors are really using your website. Collect user feedback and turn more visitors into customers. And when your 90-day trial ends, add your payment details to keep the business plan or downgrade to a free account. 
Don't miss out on that important data from your site visitors. You can learn more at hotjar.com. And if you want to get that 90-day trial, click the link in the show notes. Our thanks to Hotjar for their support of this episode of Material FF of Material Podcast and all of Relay FM. Last but not least are a lot of very sad YouTube influencers. And you know what? I would actually be sad too if I spent my whole life and then this pandemic came and I tried to make all this content for people to try and help them get through home. And then there's no like end of the year reel. So YouTube announced that it's not going to be releasing a YouTube Rewind video for 2020. And I just want you to think about this for a second, because maybe you're thinking, who cares? Whatever. YouTube is, you know, the purveyor of of a lot of garbage. So this is just an opportunity to keep garbage from purveying. But I you, want you, you to think about- You have thus far accurately pinpointed what I've been thinking. Well yeah. Done. But, but then I want you to think about, hold on. I want you to think about the people who really rely on this as a sense of this might be a little grim, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. You know, you know the the uh, in memoriam reel that they do at the Oscars every year. <laughs> yes. It's like I can't watch the Oscars without paying my debts to the deceased in Hollywood. Like everyone down to the cameraman who unfortunately lost his life. Like, sorry to be morbid, but I'm putting it. It's on that scale, I think, for a lot of people who are really a part of this this world. So, YouTube made the announcement on Twitter, which I'm shaking my head about. Uh, they said, "Since 2010, we've ended the year with Rewind, a look back at the year's most impactful creators, videos, and trends." But 2020 has been different, and it doesn't feel right to carry on as if it weren't. So, we're taking a break from Rewind this year. Now, I have to say, I don't think that this is akin to having a developer event, Google I/O, or any of the other things they canceled. I actually think that maybe they should have stuck with this mm. because I, I feel like if anything, everybody has been at home watching more YouTube and yeah. maybe that has, maybe wouldn't this be a great opportunity? The reason that in memoriam is so important is because, you know, you, you reflect, you look back. And so I think about why don't we look back at the YouTube videos that have come as a result? It's like how we watch reality TV now and we're at the point where, we're watching storylines that started uh, happening during COVID. So we're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? In the timeline. Uh, and so I, why don't we have this for YouTube? Like, I want to see what kept us going this year. I want to, <laughs> or, yeah. or, or, or here's my other inference. They don't want to put a reel together because they realized that half of it is pandemic videos. And if they did that, they would be in more trouble for for not properly uh, taking down content that is spreading misinformation and lies. There's a point. I, I actually, I never found out. Like, don't they have an outside company like cut it together? It's not an algorithm. It's not an algorithm. Oh, I, ne- I never, I never found out. I just assumed it was like Twit, right. where people just write in and go, yeah. "Don't forget this episode <laughs> you did." No, I know it's not like that, but. Yeah. But yeah, you it's <laughs> see, I, I yeah, I I agree. It's now, um, I, I don't think I even made it. I don't think it's ever made it into the, my annual holiday traditions list of oh, can't wait to gradually gather the kids around the tree and gather them around the the big screen phone and we'll all watch the YouTube rewind video this year together. 
it because the couple of times I've seen it, it's there's there's something about uh, there. It's like a, a a video full of people that almost always I don't even come close to recognizing. Not even in the sense that oh, I think I see, saw a picture of them once somewhere, but they're all like work they're all there there's there's sort of a, a, a way of like right. holding yourself and behaving when you know you're like one of the most famous people in the world like there's a oh i know this is very very exciting for you it's exciting for me too i can't believe that i'm as famous as i am and i'm like oh 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 um you're the kid that uh Got those? I remember eight pizzas. Right when I was buying that sandwich. See, and- no, it's worse than that though because it's not. It's not that. Uh, it's not that cute. It's like people like Shane Dawson, who right, is right. just like a terrible person. He was on See, the exactly. list. He was on the list last year. Him and and uh, Jeffrey Star, that uh, another awful person yeah, who yeah. I've just like <laughs> have not been able to stand for years. I, and I so- only I only know who I only know about YouTube super celebrities when they do something so awful that everybody's can't believe like what they did and has but the problem is that there is a lot of that on youtube and i imagine that if it's getting a lot of hits that it's very hard to kind of i mean i don't know see but the the, the times that i saw it it seemed as though these are people who feel like either a entitled because yeah of course i'm a youtube superstar of course i make the the youtube rewind video and people who are like oh i can't believe i made the youtube and it's i feel i feel as use my code right it's like and you know people just bouncing around on the in the youtube stage like holding their packages of like you know herbal colon cleanse tea to their faces because i probably wouldn't recognize them if they weren't like on instagram stop starving yourselves telling me to just drink tea instead of eating that is an eating disorder it is not healthy Yeah, exactly they're very Um, there's not a whole lot of nutrients in tea unless you you know unless you drink it with a steak chaser you know what you're you know what, Andy? You're right. It's probably good we're just skipping this this year, uh, well, and instead we're just going to focus on uh, the people's sexiest man alive, which is continuing in tradition, thankfully. And this year, people has named Michael B. Jordan as the sexiest man alive, and I would it it checks I'd out. Be I've to I've, agree, I've to seen agree. Michael B. Jordan in a couple of movies. I I don't swing that way, but I totally understand why that's you such a saleable. You can appreciate him, his human form, and, I, and what God, yeah. how God shaped him. Okay, it's that's it's <laughs> it's quite a it's a it's a I, again it's not it's not where I live, but I wouldn't mind visiting uh, from time to time. It's that it's that intense, man. There's but yeah, but see, the, but this is what. Uh, I thought that this could be like a turning point where things are just so horrible. There's so much like horrible news in 2020. There's there's something about like the the time person of the year cover where it's not and it's not necessarily an honor. Hitler was right. like the person of the year. It's like here is somebody who has been influencing the news. And so f- uh, for the benefit of those of us who just want to sort of flip back through mm. the years and through the decades where, oh, Hitler, I, okay, that was definitely, you know, the rise of this. And wow, who's that? Oh, that person like actually developed a, developed the vaccine that cured polio. Wow, that's interesting. It's a oh, snapshot. Oh, Dolly Parton's year, on the year, cover. Year. That's right, because she actually gave money to the vaccine on like the U.S. cover. Sorry, what? <laughs> stop, stop flexing <laughs> on us. You're so, Dolly, you're so awesome in every single way. And we're already like, there's no way we will ever be as 10th as wonderful as you are. She 
she or said that love. God didn't like, give her children so that she could love. Uh, so she had enough love to give other children. It's oh my god. She's Anyways. just wonderful. But what but what, what I'm saying is that they could. Uh, YouTube had an opportunity to change YouTube rewind from like yeah. a hey let's let's make people who are already too full of themselves and make them feel even fuller of themselves. And it could have been like every year we're going to cut together a video based on YouTube user generated content that sort of tells the story of what this year was. Uh, and it's not going to be we're going to try to cover everything in like a big flash of 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 of, uh, of time lapse. It's like we're going to not we're not going to go with news footage. We're going to go with like people with their phones who got maybe 300 views, but they happen to be on the ground witnessing something that was very, very important and very, very interesting. Oh, I don't know. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Did we maybe forget that, about that? That apparently? would be a good one. We should we should I mean, write we that all one down. Black squares. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, that is that's it for us this week. I think um, so. We got through a lot. That was pretty good, Andy. Pat on our back. I will pat my back. Yeah, we're patting ourselves on the back. Um, as for you, I want you to pat you, listener. I want you to pat yourself on the back for making it through this week because I know that it's uh, it, it's it's a lot to get through these days. Uh, and hey, if you're interested in supporting <laughs> us further, you can actually become a member of the Relay FM network. You can go to relay.fm slash material, uh, throw a couple bucks our way. You're also throwing a couple bucks to the other Relay FM shows. You get a special insider access that other plebeians don't get unless they <laughs> unless they become members. We, we love you too, plebeians. We're not we we're not anti-plebeian. We're just Yeah, and actually ple- please keep loving us and downloading us because um, yes. we, 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 we hate to be all jury Lewis here, but we do enjoy being loved. Mm-hmm. We do. And huh. Yeah. Uh, hey, if you want to contact us, you can actually tweet at us at Material Podcast. We do read the tweets. I just don't update the Twitter page, and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, you can also tweet me at Oh That Flow, or you can tweet Andy at Adnatco. Andy, you mentioned you're doing radio this week. Yes. Uh, fortunately, the election that would never end seems to at least be ending enough that I'm no longer being bumped at the last second for political coverage. Uh, so once again, I'm on uh, Thursday at today, this week, Thursday at 1.20 p.m. Uh, talking about tech, all kinds of Eastern stuff. Uh, go to WGBHnews.org, either live to stream it uh, or come to it a little bit later because they usually like leave like an audio file that you can stream at any time you want with just my text comments on it. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I do. I'm, I'm Florence Ion and you could find me at florenceion.com. <laughs> it's time for us to end this podcast. Uh, it's late. It's actually technically Thursday for Andy. So yeah. I'm going to let him go to sleep because he stayed up for me. So Andy, thanks. Thanks. Oh, for being here. thanks for being here as well. It's always fun talking to you. The only, the, only, the only disadvantage of us trying to like make our shows closer to an hour than an hour and a half is that I get an hour and a half less of talking to you every week. Well, no, we've been trying to make it up by talking beforehand. You know, do we're yes. still doing our catch up. So, you know. Um, and by the way, if you guys are ever like interested in those as like episodes or something, tweet at us. Tweet at us because then. We can show that to the powers that be. Okay, so give us some fodder. Yes, we can do. We we, we can do like the 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 special one thirty a.m. podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we can it, say things like bottom. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or cheek. 
damp. Ooh. <laughs> All right, everybody. Saying that at our usual time of two thirty in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good rest of the week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and please, for the love of everyone, wear a mask. Bye now. 